All right. All right. Here we go. Let's do it. Three, two, on today's show, a good one and a not so good one. Did Giannis put his stamp on these playoffs and say, it's mine. I'm coming for the title. And what the hell happened to the Golden State Warriors? So much more on today's Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome here Locked On to the NBA. My name is Nick Engstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where the best way to help grow the show is to comment below. Give us a comment. Let us know. What do you think happened to the Warriors in this, in this game tonight? <laughs> so many crazy things happened in that game. Um, but the better one, obviously, though, the uh, Bucks versus the Celtics. We'll get into that. And joining me, as always, on a Thursday, host of Locked On Bulls. What you got for me, Pat, the designer? COVID ain't no joke, bro, but we here. I'm on the IR, <laughs> but we here. <laughs> on, the D, on the DL, but fighting through it, Pat, the designer. Running through the family right now. Glad everybody over there is safe. Maybe not feeling 100%, but uh, still going well. All right, today we're going to get into Milwaukee versus Boston. The Milwaukee Bucks get a win, 110 to 107, that they did not expect. And then we'll talk about the Warriors versus Memphis Grizzlies. I'm not even going to say the score. I'll just tell you that Memphis had a 55-point lead at one point, and it did not get better for the for, And for it the got Warriors. worse. Yeah, it, it got worse without John Morant. So we'll talk about all that. But let's start with 110 to 107. Milwaukee gets a win. They're now up 3-2, the pivotal game five. And it didn't look like this was going to be a Bucks game, right? Like the Celtics, after the round the first quarter, took control of this game. Yeah. Multiple times they had double-digit leads. They built it up, and then Milwaukee would tear it back down, and they built it back up again. Ten minutes left in the game. Milwaukee, or Boston had a 14-point lead. And then the Bucks outscored the Celtics 31-14 to to end that game in the fourth quarter, and it came down to some incredible plays by Drew Holiday and Giannis. Giannis hits a three with a minute 40 left to cut the lead to three. Drew Holiday then hits a three-pointer to make it a tie game, and then Two fouls in a row, Grant Williams just trying to just trying to stand there and exist in front of Giannis, right? Like just literally trying, literally trying his best. Yeah. Fouls Giannis twice in a row. The second one put him on the line. He hits this first one, or he misses the no, he hits the first one, misses the second one, and then Bobby, don't call me, punch a punch my teammate in the face, Portis, <laughs> gets the rebound and the putback. Just a massive, massive play to give Milwaukee a one-point lead. And then on the other end, the Celtics try to run an inbound play, and then get, they give the ball to Marcus Smart. Pat Connaughton's on him. Drew Holiday from from the help side comes over, huge block on Marcus Smart, and then he saves the ball, throwing it off of Marcus Smart's chest. Huge, huge play from Drew Holiday. Pat Connaughton hits two free throws on the other end. Drew Holiday then gets a steal off of Marcus Smart, and. Drew Holiday impressed me so much in this game. And sometimes you just need these players in playoff runs, right? You just need these type of players that say, hey, I don't care that Marcus Smart is the defensive player of the year. I'm going to be the most impactful defensive player in this last end of the game. 
Yeah, I'll tell you what. It seems like nobody cares that Marcus Smart is the defensive player that's <laughs> going up against him. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. I, I feel like I feel like once he got the defensive player of the year, everybody that was going up against him was like, oh, DPOY, huh? <laughs> Let's see. Right? But um, Target on his back all of a sudden. Oh, well, that's what it does. You know what I'm saying? That's why big men get it so often. But I was – I was shocked to say the least that Boston allowed this game to get out of or out of their hands the way that they did, right? That third quarter, Jalen Brown, 16-point third quarter, absolutely playing dominant basketball. Mm. Marcus Smart with some great basketball in that third quarter as well. And I thought that was gonna be the lead that kind of pushed Boston over the top, right? I thought that was the one that I was like, okay, they've kind of got Milwaukee down, but Milwaukee, credit to them, man. And and it shows you, right, you can never count the NBA champion out, especially when you've got Giannis over there as well. Um, but but it, it was such a big change of events at the end of that game where you just saw Giannis kind of saying, okay, we got to go. We're going to make this move. Drew Holiday was on every – as Stacey King would say, there were five Drew Holidays out there. He was making every <laughs> single defensive play. You would think play. that Justin and Aaron Holiday were out there too. <laughs> no, I, it, it was every single defensive play you needed down the stretch there. And I think the bigger story to me is that Marcus Smart, after pretty much playing a perfect game, kind of succumbed to the pressure at the end there to Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday closed out that game, couple of big, uh, a big steal, a big block, and then you saw Marcus Smart in there. He had the rebound in his hand, him and Jalen Brown. Yeah. All of a sudden, Bobby Portis ends up with it. Sometimes these NBA runs take a little bit of luck, and that was a little bit of luck to give them that one-point lead. And it was just like everything went right for Milwaukee in the last two minutes, right? It's just everything went right for them in, in that last two minutes, and nothing went right for the Celtics. And one of the things that I'm, I'm questioning for the Celtics before we get into Giannis is they go to Marcus Smart twice in the last two plays. The inbounds pass where he has Connaughton on him. You'd think that, okay, Marcus Smart posting up Connaughton, that's probably yeah. a good play where at least you maybe get you know a bucket where he goes for that jumper. He had the jumper before Drew Holiday came over and it swatted his stuff. Yeah. But – they go for they go for him there, and then you also have the inbound to uh, Marcus Smart from the made basket. That then Drew Holiday comes over and is like, "I'm going for this, whether cookies. I get the foul or not, doesn't matter." Cookies. And just took his cookies right from him. <laughs> um, there's a lot of there's a lot of like um, X's and O's on Twitter right now where people are like circling. Look at Jason Tatum on the top of your screen. He was wide yeah. open. Um, should they have tried to go for Jason Tatum or should they have tried to get one of those guys? Because Tatum was the only one really having anything going to this game. I mean, he he had 34 points, uh, got some help from Jalen Brown, but he was the one that, that was uh, that was keeping a minute for a lot of it. Um, should they have gone to Jason Tatum later? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's the, that's the guy that's carried you. At least go to Jalen Brown, you know what I'm saying? Somebody who had a really hot third quarter. And I think here's the interesting part is if you watch that play where Marcus Smart gets a shot blocked, and I think these are the difference between a championship-level team and a really good basketball team that's kind of trying to get to that championship level is it seemed like Marcus Smart was trying to make up for the fact that he didn't get the rebound. They got the putback. We got to make a bucket here. You see Ime Udoka coming out there and saying, hey, why didn't you give it to? And I couldn't make out because the camera cut right at that moment. <laughs> but it looked like he was either yelling at Marcus Smart and Marcus Smart responded or yelling at somebody that they should have made a role or made a different play. So it seemed like there was a miscommunication there on what the play was. I don't know if it was Marcus Smart trying to make up for the couple of mistakes he'd already had at that point or – 
if it was a miscommunication where Smart was supposed to roll and kick it down to somebody cutting down, because you're only down one at that point, right? You feel like a two-pointer, you've got the best defense uh, 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 closing out the second half and one of the best defenses in the playoffs, right? You yeah. feel good being on the defensive end in that situation. You just need two. You don't need a big three. But I feel like, yes, definitely a miss on their part. Not finding a way. I, I'm going to be real with you, right? Like, do you even go to smart at the point guard in that situation? I probably would have started something with Tatum or Brown in that situation, knowing that they can create their own shot. Well, they've the big change that the Celtics have made this year is that Marcus Smart had became their point guard. They're, they've been looking for their point guard. Like, oh, is it Kemba Walker? Is it do we trade for, uh, you know, they've been thinking about point guards all, all the time. It feels like trying to figure out who's the guy for us. And Marcus yeah. Smart became that guy this year and was the guy that had been like their sort of setup guy. And so you go to him here, but Marcus Smart for his career has been the, hey, it's Marcus Smart time and I'm going to go Marcus for Smart it. Time. Right. <laughs> and he, since Oklahoma State, really, he's been he's been that guy that has a little irrational confidence guy in him. And he's had some some pretty good games, had some good shooting games, but he had some shooting. He's had some games where he shot the Celtics out of games, too. Uh, but I, I don't think it all comes down to Marcus Smart at the end of this no, game. It no. was it was the, the Bucks just imposing their will on the Celtics. And it just looked like. If you had, uh, it almost looked like you know how you have. If you ever watch a, you have you have a you have a kid, right? So you watch yeah. some of these kid cartoons where they're like, uh, like there's good guys and bad guys, like there's superheroes and villains, and and obviously everything goes right for the heroes in the last like five minutes of the show, like just yeah. everything that needs to go right for them went right for them, and you almost like the villain becomes less of a main character and more of just like a hey, this is a, a thing, a prop that we need in this show <laughs> to show how good these heroes are. It almost yeah. felt like that's what happened to the Celtics where they just kind of faded in the background because the, 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 the Bucks just like stepped up and Drew Holiday stamped his imprint on this entire game. Absolutely incredible. Coming up, how have we not spent more time talking about Giannis and Adekumpo yet? 40 points, his sixth 40-point game in the playoffs. Six 40-point, 10-rebound game in the playoffs. Incredible number. The best player alive. Who disagrees? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. If you're loving these playoffs like we are, check out Bet Online. They have everything that you need. Stats, odds, lines, everything possible for the NBA playoffs. Game 6, Mavs versus Suns. I don't know if you've been you've been checking out my Mavs and the, and the Suns. Suns are a two point favorite in Game Six. Sel, uh, Sixers versus Heat. The Sixers open as a two point favorite against the Heat in that game. That one's pretty interesting. They're thinking a Joel Embiid comeback game. They actually already have uh, props up. They already have lines up for um, Celtics Bucks. What's this Game Six for them? Bucks open as a one and a half point favorite. The Warriors open as an eight and a half point favorite. They're not. They're not. Vegas is apparently not scared away from that Warriors loss. So, if you feel strongly about any of those, go check it out on Bet Online. They have even more stuff, more than NBA. They have um, fights. They have Major League Baseball, all kinds of stuff. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Now make sure to listen to Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow, Chad Ford gave him the NBA Big Board. He said, hey, this is my baby. I've created this. I'm going to hand it to you. He handed it to Rafael Barlow. Go check out that podcast on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Everything NBA draft, mock drafts, big boards, everything. Go check it out. All right, Pat. Giannis Anandokounmpo. And just incredible, incredible 
night from him. 40 points, 11 boards, three assists, a steal, a block. He did have seven turnovers, but he hits the free throw at the end. That three with a minute 40 left was huge. He hit another three earlier in the game as well. And just, just, just putting his stamp on this game and saying, hey, I'm the best player alive. I'm the best player alive. I can get to this level. I can be the guy that, hey, Maybe I get outplayed by Al Horford the game before, but it's not going to happen to me two nights in a row. You're not going to do that to me twice in a row. Uh, I mentioned that it's his sixth career 40.10 rebound game in the playoffs. The only other players to do that in the NBA playoffs are LeBron James, Shaquille O'Neal, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, those are like five of the top 10 best players of all time. And Giannis is now up there with this stat. Giannis Antetokounmpo has an opportunity to finish his career as, if not the greatest, one of the greatest players to ever touch a basketball. Mm. And that's, there's a dominance level. I've said this over on the Windy City Breeze that Shaq showed. That not to say Giannis is at that level, but we didn't see that same athleticism out of Shaq when he went to L.A. Giannis is going to carry that his whole career. And if Giannis adds a jump shot like he did tonight, Giannis wasn't just a threat in the paint. Giannis wasn't just a threat dunking on your head, which he's a threat to do every single night. Giannis was a threat to jay it in your face, as Kevin Garnett would say. Giannis (laughs) was a threat to hit you with the back, turn around one leg. Is that Dirk Nowitzki, not as Giannis Antetokounmpo, both European but not the same thing, cash money? That is going to make him the most deadly player in the NBA right now. And if he continues to gather jewelry... He will have an opportunity to be one of the best players, if not the best player to ever play the game because he's combining dominance with finesse. This is not the same Giannis. Remember James Harden came out and said, oh, Giannis is a unskilled player. All all you do is dunk. You're just not skilled there. No, that's that's not this Giannis, bro. Giannis got got one of the nastiest Euro steps in the NBA. (laughs) Giannis's no-look pass is actually a no-look pass. It's not a Kyle Kuzma look pass. We remember that from the season. You know what I'm saying? Giannis is... I didn't expect Kyle Kuzma to be catching strays today. Here's the thing we got (laughs) to understand. Even in this series alone, but it mimics Giannis's career. He's still getting better. Yes. The mid-range he, shot. You mentioned the mid-range shot that he he has added as you know as the year's gone on. That's been a big thing for him this year. And some of that was, you know, the Bucks this year, they tried to do some different things on defense. They tried some different things, and they weren't as successful as they have been in past regular seasons. Part of that is Giannis trying to add this mid-range shot. And he did shoot better from the mid-range this year, but that's gonna be huge for him. He hit a bunch of shots at the rim. He hit a couple shots from about 10 feet. Then he hits like Three shots around the the free throw line or the elbow, those little turnarounds, the pull-ups. And if he can yep. get that shot, he's got that release point really high. That you can get over anybody. Like, ask this dude. Ask Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> like, like, ask that guy on my wall. Yeah. If you can hit that shot, you can play and score in this league for a long, long time. And then he hits the two threes, too. Like, we talk a lot about in the NBA and NBA media about scoring on three levels. Giannis has now added the two level and the three level is still coming still around for him. He's iffy. not all there, still but he can't hit. I them, live right? with it. I live he, with it. For he's now. not Ben Simmons there. And it's just, it's incredible to try and um, stop him. He, 
like there's times in this game where he turns floaters into dunks. Like a normal shot, if somebody was like all the way back here and they're trying, it would, it would be a floater for every other player in the league. Giannis is like dunk, yeah, just dunk on your head, right? Like it is wild to watch what he can do on a basketball court, and uh, he also got a wet. He also got a wedgie in this game. Yeah, it was, yeah <laughs> he did it all. He literally yeah, did it all. He's done everything. He's done everything. He's still one of us. That's the one thing I love about Giannis. Giannis is really a regular dude. I love the press conference too. Where he's like the dad jokes. Uh, hey, uh, no, not the dad jokes. Where he's like, hey, how much is it to talk about the uh, the refs? <laughs> oh yeah, how much do I get fined? Twenty thousand. Nah, I gotta buy diapers. <laughs> no, I that hit me right here. That hit me right here. <laughs> diapers are not cheap. If anybody's getting into this, but dog, like you look at just this Boston series alone. Game one was 24, 13, and 12. He shot nine for 25. Game two, 28, 9, and 7. 11 for 27. All right. Game three, 42, 12, and 8. 16 for 30. <laughs> Game four, 34, 18, and 5. And he got outplayed in that one. Quote, uh, he shot 14 for, for, the for 32. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then uh, 40, 11, and 3 tonight. Like, He's still getting better. And this is the thing. This reminds me of what we saw with guys like Michael Jordan, guys like Kobe Bryant, guys like Stephen Curry even, where you're watching the playoffs and you're like, yo, like, he's not slowing down. He's still going full force. He's, he's getting better than everybody else that's on the court that we thought was really good coming into this. So all credit to Giannis, man. He's been my best player in the NBA for at least two years now. I don't care what the mm. NBA voting says. I don't care what the MVP – and it's no disrespect to KD. It's no disrespect to LeBron. Those guys are still top five players. But to me, there's no point on the court where you can stop Giannis. And everybody says make him shoot threes. You can't make him do anything. <laughs> <laughs> make him shoot threes. You stand in front of him. Yeah, right. Stop yeah. him from getting to the rim. Ask Grant Williams how that, that went in the last five minutes. Ask Patrick Williams. I watched him give Patrick Williams a little bow. He flew 10 feet. He's not weak. <laughs> no. Uh, another adjustment that the Bucs have made over the last couple of games is uh, Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis was huge in this game. He played 28 minutes. He had 15 boards. He had 14 points. Now, Bobby Portis also takes all these jumpers that just drive me insane, and I'm sure would drive any, any NBA coach insane, but – he had more offensive rebounds, seven, than the entire Boston Celtics team who had five. Like the the Bucks out offensive rebound, the the Celtics seventeen to five in this game. That's where they're getting the advantage, right? They're bigger, they're huge. They have Giannis, obviously Portis, and one of the things Giannis allows you to do is like, hey, you can use any other big man you want, like any type of big man you want to use, you yeah. can use that guy. 100%. Like, and Giannis will just fill in the gaps everywhere else. And Bobby Portis has become that guy. He's a little bit more mobile. Obviously, he can get the offensive rebounds, get, can get a lot more boards. Uh, Brooke Lopez does a good job, like, like leading boards to people, but he's not a dude getting boards. Like, <laughs> I, he just doesn't. Uh, but Bobby Portis does, and that's uh, that's been a, a change they made, and that's uh. It's kind of wild seeing Bobby Portis. And I'm sure as a Bulls fan, watching Bobby Portis have this big of an impact in a second-round series is wild. Yeah, it, uh, I'll tell you this right now. You know what? No, it's, it's not wild because, like, I see Bobby, and Bobby's in the perfect role for Bobby. And he'd have never mm. had that role here with Chicago. On Chicago, he was the number one option, essentially, for a little while, right? Like, I don't think Bobby's the number one. I love Bobby. I feel like he's he's absolutely the kind of player this Milwaukee Bucks team needs. Because I'm not going to lie to you, it doesn't matter what Bobby does in the game. You feel the impact. 
Bobby Portis had a game where he had 9-7-1. and one. We talked about his impact on the game the same way we're going to sit here tonight on a night where he shot uh, – uh, no, he shot 3-9 for nine that night, 13-8 and eight the night before on 5-7, <laughs> uh, where, where tonight – we're going to talk about his 14 and 15 the exact same way because of the impact he has on the game. Yeah. And he shot four for 14. Like you said, those jump shots. Bobby, When Bobby's hot, Bobby's hot. But it's one of those things where there's never a game that goes by for the Milwaukee Bucks unless, you know, you elbow him in the eye and he goes out bleeding and he can't <laughs> see that Bobby Portis's presence is not felt. And you see it in the fact that he got to the free throw line, took six free throws, knocked down every one of them. Defensively was an anchor the entire night. Like, it's, it's just what he does. It's Bobby. And you love that kind of player. And when you have a championship caliber team, that kind of player is needed. That guy that's going to do whatever it takes to help you be great. Like, that's what Bobby's become. Like, Bobby's like, I don't need to be great. That Greek dude over there is really freaking good. <laughs> We're going to let him be great, and I'm going to pick up all the scraps. You got to have those role players. Pat Connaughton, shout out to him making two threes in the fourth quarter. Those free throws were huge. Wes, Math- Wes Matthews, as a as a as you know the former Maverick, like watching him in these playoffs, <laughs> absolutely. And by the way, that last play of the game where we were talking about how the, the Celtics should have gone to, to Tatum instead of, instead of Marcus Smart when yeah. Drew Holiday stole it. Bobby Board is like crunched. Wes Matthews and totally knocked him over in that play. And that's why Jason Tatum was open. But Wes Matthews having an impact and playing playing 12 minutes in the fourth quarter, like playing the entire fourth quarter. It's incredible to see what Wes Matthews is doing and the role that he's he's carved out for this team. The the role players are stepping up for the Bucks. And it's looking like a it's looking like a title run for them. Uh, we thought maybe a title run for the Golden State Warriors, but I'm rethinking a lot of things about this Warriors team after this game five. Let's talk about why the Warriors got destroyed by the Memphis Grizzlies without John Rand. Talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about RockAuto.com. You don't want to have to go to a dealership or an auto parts store. And they're like, okay, let's figure out what part you need. You need this specific part. All right, well, we don't have that one because we have this one, but it's a different size. Or we have this one, but it just doesn't fit because they made it differently in 2004 than they do in 2022. You have to figure out all that kind of stuff. Why would you waste all that time there when you could just go to rockauto.com, see the parts available for your car or truck? You know they're going to fit for your car. You can get them. They're family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. You want to fix the part yourself? You don't have to pay the extra, the labor. Anybody hate when you go to you know, a dealership or go to a, a mechanic and they're like, all right, parts and then labor. And you're like, how long did that take you to do that? <laughs> really? How long did that take you? If you got the know-how, go ahead to Rock Auto. Go to see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? And they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, Pat. The Golden State Warriors, I know we've mentioned them a lot, but it's just, it's wild to me that this Golden State Warriors team loses 95 to 103. We will give the Memphis Grizzlies their credit. We will give them their credit. But for this Golden State Warriors team to win in game three without John, or to win in game four without John Morant, and then to come out in this game and be, be, be able to close out this series early, because you know the, this Mavs Suns is already going to six, to be able to close this out early. And to fall flat the way that they did, like first quarter, competitive, back and forth. Second quarter, kind of got a little out of hand. By the by, the second half, by the by halftime, it was over, and you could just tell they were getting so outworked in every way. Here, let, 
This is just halftime stats. This is not even full game. This is halftime stats. You ready for this? At halftime, it was a like 20, like three point game or something like that. Yeah. Uh, 24 point game. Memphis had the 10th highest points in a first half in any playoff game in history. 10th out of all the playoff games that have ever been played. Only nine teams have scored more points than them. Memphis was 14 to zero in second chance points against the Warriors. Memphis was 36 to 14 in points in the paint. They had they had um, 12 more points in the paint <laughs> than the Warriors did. Um, the, no, 20, 20, no, 22. I can't do any math. 22 more points in the paint. Blame the, it on Kobe, bro. That's what I did. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't even blame the sickness. The Warriors took 39 shots in the first half. Six of them were within 12 feet. Six. Like, they just got so jumper happy in that first half, and the Warriors took 57% of their shots from three in the first half. I'm going to keep going. Memphis, at an offensive rebound percentage, you want to talk about some of the four factors? Offensive rebound percentage of 46.7. That's the 100th percentile. That's, like, the highest that's expected. That's, like, there's no, there's nothing higher than that that's expected uh, from them. The Warriors' offensive rebound percentage was 10.5. That's in the one percentile, the, literally the lowest that they could expect. Turnover percentage, the Warrior, or the, the Memphis Grizzlies, 5.8. That's the 98th percentile, so the highest. So they didn't turn it over at all. The Warriors, 26.4 turnover percentage. <laughs> That's the zero percentile. Like, literally, cleaning the glass, looked at these stats and said, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Like, we got we to gotta come up with a new, like, like zero percentile. <laughs> they turned it over. They got worked on the on the offensive rebounds. They got worked in the paint. They got worked all over the place in this game. The inside guys afterwards were just like, hey, it looked like they were going through the motions. And kind of, it felt like that. I, I think if you look at it right, like on the interior, there's a big difference in this series than we saw in that Minnesota series, right? Because you can play Steven Adams. These guys aren't so, oh, my God, we can't keep up with him. He's going to blow past you every time that Steven Adams can't get on the court. Guess what? Steven Adams, last two games, 15 rebounds and 13 <laughs> rebounds. I just need – what they say in the, in the interview? You're a big guy. Just be big. <laughs> just be big. Steven Adams, you're a big guy, right? You're a big guy. Wait, you call you me call fat, me, mate? You call me fat, bro? <laughs> mate? I, I, it was it – was, I, I forget he's Australian every single – He's not, though. He's from, he's New, from Zealand. New Zealand. Right? He's from New Zealand, right? I forget he's – <laughs> It's good you forget he's don't Australian. Fight. Don't he's, fight. Don't fight me. Because he's not. <laughs> I wouldn't fight anybody from New Zealand. They, they breed large people. Um, but, no, I, I, I look at how this game went, right? And it's, it's tough to break down a game that finishes 134-95. The Grizzlies had a 55-point lead in this game. I, I look at how this Playoffs. game went down as throw it away golden state like i don't see this as the now i will say this if it gets the seven based on how they played uh or based on how they play in golden state you might have a little concern because we've seen this memphis team win quite a bit without john morant and they're continuing that trend here but i think that this is an interesting situation where memphis kind of just was hitting every single Today was the day, right? Like you, you used the hero villain analogy for kids in the in the last segment. <laughs> this was like Superman when he got to let go. Here's this the was like Doomsday. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. In the first half, because like second half was basically all garbage time. Steph yeah. and Draymond only played like five minutes in the second half. Yeah. yeah. In the first half, the Grizzlies shot fifty percent from the floor, 
44% from three. They only took 18 threes. They had 16 free throws and hit 11 of them. That's only 68%. Like, they left stuff on the table in the first half. Yeah. There was, there's another level they could have gone to still, but they got, they outworked the Warriors in every other way. And just such a credit to this, this Grizzlies team. Like, this team fights. And this team has just so many answers. They have so many guys that just outwork and out-hustle. Dare we say grit and grind is back for the Memphis Grizzlies because, man, it, it is incredible to watch this team um, just all over. And they don't have – it doesn't seem like maybe besides Dylan Brooks who was who was better in this game. But yeah. they don't have egos where it's like I got to be the guy that steps up. I got to be the guy that hits these shots. Like between Bain and Jackson and, you know, even Tyus Jones who's been really good as a backup when John Morant's been out. Um, you know, Steven Adams, DeAnthony Melton coming in, Zaire Williams, a rookie, Brandon Clark. Like none of these guys are like, Hey, I gotta be the guy. I gotta step up. It seems like they do it together as a team. Yeah. It's been incredible to watch this team without John Morant. I I don't know. Would they have won this game with John Morant? <laughs> do we want to go in that direction? Like, I think you still have a chance to win this game with I mean, John the way Morant, the Warriors like the way the Warriors a, played, any team yeah, could beat them. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, for sure. That but that's a that's a weird situation, right? Where like Memphis basketball wise feels kind of like a college town almost like an OKC so I feel like they actually get that being young and stuff like that mm. they get that boost being at home like all right we back in Memphis now you got to beat up but now y'all got to go to Golden State you're not gonna get that same boost and Golden State's one of the rockingest arenas in the NBA but I think the fact I mean listen it's it's every time we have a conversation about a team playing well in the playoffs right we're talking about them going eight nine deep they went 10 deep tonight with guys that gave you five or more points, you know, and, and that means makes such a difference. You <laughs> didn't have a ton of guys going out there giving you great rebounding. Right. But I mean, Steven Adams comes back and he's a great rebounder outside of that. Jaron Jackson is a walking block party. There was nothing around the rim that was easy for you tonight. So I felt I, I feel like this is a great game for Memphis. Jaron Jackson coming off a little cocky at the end. He <laughs> he slipped it in and nobody paid attention to it. He was like, he's like, yeah, we'll see y'all back here in Memphis for game seven. And I was like, mm, <laughs> I don't know if I'd make the guarantee there, Jaron. Hey, like Lucas says, if you don't believe, you shouldn't be here. <laughs> Basically, right? But hey, believe. All right. Hey, I, I listen. Speaking of believe, I listened to uh, Dan Patrick had Tracy McGrady on his show today, and yeah. he was like. They were talking about LeBron, and Tracy was like, LeBron has turned into one of the best players in the world. And Dan Patrick goes, at what point in your career did you realize that LeBron was better than you? And Tracy McGrady was like, never. He's like, I, I, I can't say that he's a better player. And I'm like, all right, I don't know if you need that much belief in your in your career, but sometimes. Tracy, Tracy's got the greatest what if of all time, though, right? Like He could have been I traded with, for Scottie Pippen. Uh, well, I mean, not that. Yeah, well, let's not. That talk was about a good that. one. Let's that one he talked about. about. Well, you know what? That one don't bother me. I got three more rings out of that. But <laughs> Tracy's the greatest what if because there were a couple seasons where you looked and you were like, "Hey, Tracy's the best player in the NBA right now." But then he got hurt, so he'll yeah, always true. be able to be like, "Y'all remember when I was the best player in the NBA?" It's I like him and him and Grant Kobe Hill. said it. So that's that's always going to be the biggest one. I respect T-Mac, though. I respect him. Hey, anyway, you, you got to anyway, get out the first quarter. He believed in himself. Jaron Jackson seems to believe in himself and the Grizzlies. An incredible game from them. Um, yeah, not to take anything away. Just, this Warriors team is incredible. They, they had 22 turnovers in this game. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was ugly. It was there there was nothing that and that's why I say it, right? Like you burn the tape of this one. They're a championship level team. I, I I know we're gonna hear and see all over Twitter, oh Mike Brown took over and now they're losing and this is that and that. Listen. Yeah, good luck, Kings fans. These guys know all about how to win a championship. There's a few players on there that you can say, hey, they don't know what the heck they're doing. But when you got Steph, Clay, and Dre, and they're still leading the charge, I feel pretty confident that they're going to get the job done, especially in Golden State. So there it is. That's the games in the playoffs. Go check out all the local Locked On podcasts for more. John Corrales, Locked On Celtics, will have great analysis on this. Kane Pittman, Locked On Bucks, will have incredible stuff on this Bucks game. Um, Cyrus Satsis may just like fall over and die. On Locked On Warriors, talking about this team. Uh, you got to Michael Cole and Sean Coleman on Locked On Grizzlies. You can go listen to our podcast, Locked On Mavs, Locked On Bulls. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On NBA. Boom! <laughs>